Welcome to Coffee with Kim. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you are tuning in. I'm so glad that you did um, Coffee with Kim, where I share One Day Legacy, which is a format God had given me to read, write, and pray the Word of God. And in the month of March, and this is the last day of March, and it's going out with with uh, some crazy weather, right? Um I really felt like God wanted us to spend time in Song of Solomon. Uh, Whenever I think of March, um, you know, we think of St. Patrick's Day in green. Things are beginning to bud and there's some movement happening. And doesn't it say in Song of Solomon, the winter has passed and we're moving into a new season. So I just felt like spending time in Song of Solomon. And it is such a journey. I hope as you guys have been reading it with me and writing some of the verses out and praying them back and journaling them and you see yourself somewhere on this journey. Um, it's it's uh, it's one of the most powerful verses, powerful chapters, powerful books in the Bible. I think Hebrews is another one, but I, I really like Song of Solomon is just oh the way the way that the bride and the bridegroom describe the relationship and how it is. Where are we on that journey? I always ask myself that that question. As I am reading through it, where am I on this journey? Where am I? Like some of the verses, am I behind the wall just seeing him through the wall? Or now am I in the chambers with him? Am I really walking this out? And so we stopped last, um, I think we ended the last session going over chapters five and six. So today we're bringing a close to everything seven and eight. And seven and eight are a little bit harder because there's so much imagery and so many words and everything means something. The one thing with Song of Solomon is everything means something. And just because it doesn't use the word Holy Spirit doesn't mean it's not there. And just because it doesn't use the word God doesn't mean it's not there. Like he is painting this beautiful picture of what it looks like. And so as we were going through, so just we started with uh, chapter seven, verses one to six and, and how beautiful are the sandaled feet. And so the bride of Christ and you, description of what it looks like, right? So let me grab my notes. I have so many notes and it's, I'm going to try and like give you notes, but then just share my heart with a lot of this too, because there's just, there's so much going on in the world. And I think, you know, we have to keep going back. Well, not keep going back, but we can't leave the word ever. And so in chapter seven, there's a lot of water, which means the word of God. There's a lot of words about wine again, which is the Holy Spirit. So we mixed wine. We have the word of God and the Holy Spirit, which produce the rhema word of God, right? And so um, when he says, you know, to pick up your sandals, uh, this is, you know, the that we are continuing to spread the gospel. There's something that's happened in our life now up to the, when you finally get to chapter seven, there is a dramatic shift in her should be a dramatic shift in us, that now we are all about him. My life is now a letter for all to read. What he's done in me, it's openly there. The scars are there. I was talking to a sweet friend yesterday, and I said, you know, those of us with scars (laughs) look differently. We talk differently. And this is what you see with her in chapter seven. She now has the scars and he is saying, look, you are now this palm tree. And you know the history of palm trees, that they, um, uh, the palm tree is so strong that the root is the same height as the tree above ground. So above and below, it's the same. Isn't that amazing? And that is why a palm tree in the wind and hurricanes, they never blow over because their roots are so deep. Is that not how we are to be? He says it all, they say it all the way through the New Testament in, in the epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, how 
um, be rooted and grounded, right? Be rooted and grounded. So you think of that palm tree from Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 7 to 13, that our root is as deep as what you see above ground. And what happens too often, I think, in the body of Christ is we're, I mean, you've just seen it. There's some podcasts out there and some docu-series. There's just some stuff going on, and it makes me feel like, wow, they had a lot above ground, but very little below ground. So how do we get that below ground? How do we get that root deep? Go back to Song of Solomon chapter one. Come into my chambers. Let me kiss you with the kisses of my mouth. Let me spend time with me, develop history with me, get oil from me so that when things happen, it's not just a show. <laughs> you know, this our life with Christ is not just a show. We are a story for people to read because of what he's done. And, and those scars have to be there. I forget who it was. I know my friend Larry Kreider often quotes it, but, you know, never trust, never trust a pastor who doesn't limp. There's just a, there's a part of our lives that as we journey through Song of Solomon, as we journey through this with God as our bridegroom, there's just places where the surgeon cuts out things of us. Like we were just studying in Hebrews and, you know, the word of God is active and alive. But the second part of that is it cuts and exposes the nakedness and exposes what's in us so that there can be healing, so that we can go boldly before the throne of grace. That's what I see happening here. There's part of her life that has been cut open and bare for all to see, and that he heals it at the same time. And now she boldly goes and becomes this letter for anybody to read, like pretty much ask me anything. I'll tell you everything I know about him. It's the part where all self is now given and it's all about Jesus. And so we have to ask ourselves as we as we read chapter th- uh, 7, how deep are our roots? How deep are our roots going down? Are we just for show on the top? Are we just pretty for show on the top? Like, uh, it just breaks my heart because you know, I've seen myself in, in that various times where it had, you know, it God has to work those things out of us and he'll work them out of you too if you let him. But we have to go back to the chamber with him so that we can become where it says in seven chapter chapter seven, verse seven, your stature is like a palm tree and your breasts are, clo- are, are clusters of fruit, meaning your intimacy is solid and it's put together. You are strong like this tree that your roots are deep and grounded. It's this beautiful place, the beauty of knowing the beautiful one who calls me beautiful. <laughs> The beauty of knowing that the beautiful one calls me beautiful. And you get that identity when your roots are deep. It's how it works. We can't have it without that. You can't have your identity so solid in him unless your roots are so deep in him. Um, And then, you know, when we come in, it talks, this is what communion looks like. He says his, or she says his fruit is sweet. You know, this is the outcome of communion. And it literally perfumed her breath. It says, the smell of your breath is like apple. So the more time we spend with him, the more time we commune with him, the more time we have communion with him, our breath literally literally smells like that communion. Our breath becomes the breath of the apples or the fruitcakes, whatever it says in your version. Your breath becomes that. It perfumes your breath. And it is an, a, a pleasing aroma to others, kind of like, you know, in the New Testament, you can liken it to when they say to the disciples, oh, we know they've been with Jesus. We can tell with the virgins, you know, the five virgins who smelled of the oil. You go into the Old Testament and you, you have Esther who 
reeked of the oils of intimacy, right? She had everything. And so that's what God is asking of us. Like the more time we're with him, the more time our roots are deep with him, the more time that we understand our identity because the beautiful one calls us beautiful, the more time we're with him, our words that come out of our mouth are his words and they smell like his breath. Can you just like think of that for a moment? His words in my mouth smell like his breath. Right? Like this is the beautiful part of Jesus that we don't talk about. Like we, oh, it breaks my heart, some of the stuff going on right now. But this is where we have, you know, chapter seven kind of ends with that undistracted intimacy with Jesus. So in the midst of all of our ministry, in the midst of everything going on, we have an undistracted intimacy with him. And it's the only way we can survive. Um, It says, only that which is born of the spirit in the secret place of the presence is able to import the life of God to those we serve. That's what it looks like to have our roots go down deep, right? Uh, Friends, I'm hoping as you journey through this, you're having some of the same reactions that I've been having. (laughs) I just so, I love Jesus so much and I want you to know him and I want you to know him intimately. And then we get to chapter seven, which is bringing a close to everything. And it's such... You know, this time as I was reading chapter seven, I really saw some different things. And, um, you know, it starts off verse one where she, where she longs to show her loyalty and affection of Jesus in public. But what happens is sometimes people just aren't going to understand. They, No one's going to understand my love for Jesus. They can see it and they can hear it. And when I speak and teach, they hear it, but no one really understands. And so she is, she is talking about this intimacy that she has with him that she's never experienced before. And she doesn't quite have words of how to speak it and tell it. Um, and you know, the world doesn't exactly like PDA, right? But our love relationship with Jesus Jesus should be out there for all to see and hear. It's it's that Romans 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1, uh, 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. So in continuing in prayer, um, she's expressing her longing to show her love for the Lord freely. So when we have the secret place experience it with him, you want to show that freely, right? When you finally meet your mate and, and you want to share your mate with the world, you like your spouse, um, like I wanted to bring Brian to my mom's house and, and my brothers to like him and, and and my friends to like him. And it's what we do. And it's the same thing with Jesus. We want our friends to know him and to love him the same way that we do. Unfortunately, not everybody's going to, and that's what breaks my heart. And I think that's why she says, you know, do not stir or awaken love before it's time because, you know, I think we do a disservice to following Jesus when we make it flippant and make it a simple decision because there's a lot of stuff in there that we have to be ready to not do anymore. (laughs) A lot of things that no longer can we do. So um, I think it's Charles Spurgeon that says, nothing will help you work for God more than the flame of love. The flame of God's love is oil on fire. And that might've been from the Gwen Shaw one I was, I was seeing, you know, when we have, when we've been with him and this fire burns in our heart, we have to wholeheartedly share that fire. We have to share that with others. And when you get finally to the end, the final commission, the final conclusion of chapter eight, like there's so much in there, but she is fervently seeking him. And she's crying out in intercession for the law. She's crying out for those who don't know him. And I even saw this time too, that as she was, as this was coming to a close where she's like, look, set me as a seal in your heart. I want everybody to know how much I love you. I understand 
that your love for me is a jealous love and my love for you should be jealous. Like I should, I should be envious that I can't be with you at times when I have to do other things. It should be such a, such a powerful time with him till you get to the closing of it where there's such an affection and a love that she has. And she wants everyone to see that she wants everyone to know him. She wants um, everyone to understand that this is for eternity, that I know my identity in him. I know my place in him and his only his look will bring me peace. Only his look can bring me total and complete restoration. You know, and I think I've said this before. Jesus is the answer to every problem we have. Jesus is the answer. Sometimes we get trapped in the things of Jesus and we make, <laughs> we make book deals out of them. And that's what, you know, again, if it's, if you don't know Jesus and if your identity and your roots aren't so deep in him, you are going to be swayed and tossed around by everything else that's out there. And that's not what we want. God created, um, this world to give to us, to tend. And, 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 and we have a vineyard that he has given us our life, our heart that we are to tend and we are to willingly tend that, willingly share it with other people, give the fruits to other people. And then it kind of ends with that whole run away with me, my love, be like a gazelle, you know. Um, so run away with me, my love. When I heard that last verse this time around, there's a lot of other things you can talk about it. But what I heard is, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. <laughs> you know, the bride, the bride says, come. The bridegroom says, come. There's a time coming when he is going to say, come away, my beautiful one. And it's going to be the end of the age, the end of all that we know. And we have to be so secure in our relationship with him. And that's what I'm talking about, those roots. So friends, I am praying that your roots go down deep and that your roots and your depth of intimacy with him and your history with him and um, your time with him is deeper in root than what we see above ground. Guys, be blessed. Um, in April, we're going to be doing one that we have done before. I just really felt like um, we spent, it was really deep, right? Going through Song of Solomon, it's such a deep, deep book. And I think God wants to wash us with his water in April. April showers bring May flowers, isn't that the saying? So in April, we're going to be uh, reading verses that talk about water. Um, and we know water is the Holy Spirit. It's refreshing. It's, it's life to us. And so if you want to join that with me and, and um, read verses for April with me in the One Day Legacy, you can email me or text me or you find me on any social media. And I am so blessed by all of you guys. I would love to hear what God's doing in your life. So please, you know, tell me what's happened as you've gone through Song of Solomon, what you've learned, where God's taking you, what challenge you're facing with, you know, the Bible reading or anything. Um, again, I'm just so, I so value your time and I'm so blessed by you guys joining me. So I will see you again on Coffee with Kim.